You just heard Scott Moss and the $100 handshakes with the best I can do. That was Scott Moss with Big Daddy Love by the Nashville Flood. Scott was kind enough to invite me into his studio and we talked about everything from music to business. Listen up. Today on Big Sound Small Town, I welcome songwriter, guitarist, producer, studio owner, entrepreneur, uh, Scott Moss to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right, let's start. That's, we're, a, that's we're, a good introduction. I like that. Yeah, if you can read the right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so where did your musical journey start? Well, I was a late bloomer. I started in, uh, I was in college um, before I, I started playing out in public. And um, my dad played guitar and okay. sang and wrote songs. And and, uh, and and I sort of I learned a little bit from him, you know, when I first got started. But I thought I was a jock. I played football in high school, I mean, and then a little bit in college. And then when that was over, I figured I gotta find another way to impress girls so I started learning to play the guitar. Well, you know, that's it's funny that a lot of musicians uh, were athletes. It's a timing thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's what it comes down to is timing. So you don't want to let go of those glory days, I suppose. No, <laughs> no you don't. And so that kind of you know, that kind of rolls over into music, kind of keep yourself in the absolutely. spotlight. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Did um so, so you'd learned to play guitar way before you went to college, didn't you? No, no, I started when I was. Oh, like, really? I was twenty-one when I started learning how to play guitar. Oh, okay. And uh, I, as soon as I learned, you know, three or four chords that I could, that I could somewhat navigate, I started, you know, playing out in bars there in Boone. I was at, I was at Appalachian and uh, yeah. played there, and and after, shortly after that, we started a band um, called Five Point Remedy. Was the first band I was in. Oh yeah, and it I was, uh, them. yeah. A bunch of guys from from Shelby and um, some of his high school buddies and some of us met during during that that we we were together for I guess it was five or six years and that uh, was had, had some really good times of cutting our teeth. You were know. you were you uh, writing then or just if doing you, you could call it that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're putting songs together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll go back and hear some of that sometime. And I'm thinking, ooh, oh, ouch! Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, 
we were we were writing songs. We had you know we we thought we were bad, man. We had five or six original tunes, and we'd go out and play those in the middle of all the brown eyed girls right. and the jokers yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, some and, of the first stuff I heard you do was uh, John Prine covers. Yeah, oh, I love John Prine. Yeah, yeah. I do too. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You could make a living. Yeah. Well, I've got a. It's funny. I know we, we talked about this yeah, when you were here before. Um, you know, I recorded a bunch of John Prine songs, at, at, kind of as a as a um, a way to get started in the studio and learning sort of how to do this. And I invited a bunch of friends that I had met playing. So I've got all these really some of my idols and, and heroes and, and and peers. You know, with with all these. John Prine songs recorded, you know, and I'm, one of these days I plan to do something with that. Yeah, but. I was wondering if we were ever going to see it. <laughs> one of these days. I, I saw it when I was up here recording, so I know that, yeah. I know it's on the wall, and I think about that from time to time. Yeah, uh, yeah some of that's really, and I, I'll visit, I'll revisit it every now and then just to get back and listen, and some of it is really, is, I'm really proud of. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get that out. Now, early on, did you collaborate, or did you just do it by yourself? It was songwriting? Yeah. Um... I, I was doing it then the same way I do it now. I just, um, I, I've, you know, come to the band with basic idea of, a, of stuff and melody line and, a, and lyrics, and um, and we just sort of let it. I had an idea of what I wanted to happen, of course, right. but we, um, luckily, I've I've been in bands with every, every band I've ever played in was real receptive to that notion and real open to and real yeah, and worked hard to make it. You know, everybody was invested in it and wanted to make it sound, you know. Good, and uh, I've come up with some, had some good ones because of that. So now you also work solo. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I got to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I, I mean, yeah, you can kiss this man in a lot of different different musical arrangements. <laughs> All right. I mean, well, the solo thing, I, I mean, I, I enjoy that, and it's, it's taken me really up until, you know, I've been that, I'm, that was I started playing. In bars, like I said, I was 21, and I'm 30, 39 now. So it's really taken up the last couple of years where I ever got comfortable playing. It, uh, it does take solo. a while. Yeah. And I, I never was really a guitar player. I'm still not a guitar player, but I feel like it's it's, it's better. You know, I, I can at least fake it good now. Right. You know, so I'm uh, I actually enjoy the playing solo a lot more often. That's now. a harder gig than anybody ever believes. Yeah, it's I a mean, lot to it. It, it. it strengthens you. I mean, it makes you better in so it many does. ways, it does. And, it, and it hardens you to. You know, going and playing some places where nobody's listening or paying any attention, and then when you do get to play for a crowd that's paying attention, it's it's it means so much it more really does, to right? you. I mean, I mean, how many times have we all killed a song, and if you're lucky, get. <laughs> That works on your head a little bit uh, over the course, years. Yeah. But then, but like you say, though, it does make it so much greater when people listen. Right. Now, one of my favorite things I heard you do. Is broke down palace. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was. Um, I see you on acoustic side sometime like that. Yeah, um, and that, there's a backstory to that. Um, I, I was always a big fans of, of Brian Edmondson and Tommy Brooks and the Harvest and Oak Grove string band guys and uh, and I'd go see the, if I was going to go see music in Shelby. That's that's what I, or locally that's yeah, who great. I made plans to go see. And and a few years ago. Um, we we slowly became friends and uh, you know acquaintances and then friends and then we started playing music together and I'd go over to Tommy Brooks's house and they they'd get out instruments and and start playing and I would just sit mine down. <laughs> I'd say, I'm just gonna sit this right here. <laughs> but uh, so we just, I I was joined Oak Grove String Band in, in the process and we still you know we still play. Um, I mean as as much as we want to really with that but uh, 
and we we still get together here and, and practice. And I tell you, that's been the biggest. That's been my most best way of practicing is learning harmonies and singing well, and playing with those that's guys. That's where I was going. Is the harmonies yeah. there are so I'm, so exceptional. Brian Edmondson is is a genius. His dad was a you know famous bluegrass yeah, musician, and he um, and he uh, he learned a lot. And he's and he's he's so gentle and patient, you know, and he te he's taught us so much about singing harmony and, and playing and everything. But he was in the Marines and he was on a uh, on a boat for I think it was like six months or nine months or something like that. And he took the Grateful Dead anthology with him, right. so he knows if you call it, he'll play it. You know? <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> and, uh, great. So we he his his Dead catalog is great. And he's and I've learned I learned a lot about the Grateful Dead from Brian, you know, and playing stuff and learning those songs with him and. Uh, Sort of getting to the root of what that was all about, and um, but that broke down palace was a was a, a sort of a culmination of all that, and um, and of course you know we had there was a, the tragedy the there with our friends that were that worked at Newgrass, and um, yeah. and that was well, that song was important to a couple of those guys that I knew, and um, so that 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 was just the timing of that was good, and I was glad to get to do that. Yeah. That was really fun. Yeah, yeah, I was proud of that one. We I think that was. So run me down some of the bands that you've been in, <laughs> <laughs> okay. that you've been the front man of, basically. All right. So um, after Five Point Remedy, I went um, and I was living in Charlotte, and I answered a creative loafing ad and uh, joined up with some guys in, in around that area, and we were called Moonshine Jenny. And we started off as a cover band that was supposed to be like a corporate cover band thing and we we got tired of that pretty quick and we started writing music and then we went off and did that and we played a lot uh so six or seven years with that band and um and, and we, we were on the road we all had day jobs you know so we were on every thursday friday and saturday oh, we were yeah, in the van yeah. you know and um and from there um i still keep in contact with those guys they're still good friends and um and then from there I went on to uh, play with Roger Paget yeah, and, and Evergreen. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was uh, that was yeah. an interesting time. Yeah, I'm sure that was a, I'm <laughs> sure that was a very interesting that was, time. That was fast and bright. We yeah. had a, we got we got together and sort of we I never would have thought it, but we had a lot of chemistry. Him, Roger and I together, and we enjoyed each other's company. We had a lot of fun, and and um, and we we kind of we were around each other at the right time. You know, and we kind of got each other's. We just both were in the right headspace to to hang out together, and then when that you know that sort of began to wane, and we we, we parted company. But we still a friend of mine. Still talk to him. But uh, that was with Phil Simmons, yep. who I play with now in uh, in the new thing. But uh, but after Evergreen, it was Big Daddy Love, and that was the that was the um, the, the the biggest thing I'd done. Uh, you know, Big Daddy Love was already out touring and they'd made a great name for themselves, and um they were playing big festivals and you know uh they had their singer who acts who we look alike we sound alike we write the same <laughs> we were we played a show together at the gray eagle in Asheville, evergreen and big daddy love and and one and the big daddy love guys told me they said you know if we ever lose our singer we're, we're gonna we're gonna get you and like two weeks later he quit because oh. he didn't want to tour as much and they called me and sure enough so we went out went out on the road with them for uh for seven it's been seven years um that i was with them almost to the day and uh we toured we were relentlessly we were for four of those years we played 250 shows a year and wow. 40 something states and we drove we figured it up one time 
the mileage that we put on the van was the same as driving from New York to L.A. 80 something times. Yeah, so we had a ball and made killer memory and learned so much. I mean, that that was really what I, that's when I learned what it meant to be a touring musician and and, and what it took to uh, to be, to be one, successful yeah, yeah, and to take it to the next you know levels that you want to take it to. So, um, but even but even in that, I was writing music for them, but even then, it was. Um, it never did really feel like my own thing, you know. We, right. uh, uh, so that's where we ended up now. I just and don't want to tour. Tell me about now. Yeah. So now is a, um, you know, we were slowing down, Big Day Love, and not touring as much, and um, I still playing some shows, but we were kind of riding out our retirement tour, you know, right. and it had been riding that out for about two years. And so I. I, th I just feel like it was time to I, I've never pursued just the solo and when I say solo I mean just like you know the songwriter you know just premiere right. you know that that avenue and um, so I was I hooked back up with Phil the bass player from Evergreen and um, I was real happy that he was he was available and willing to play and and uh, the drummer is uh, Scotty Lewis and he, we played together in Big Day Love so that was really important to me that right. we were to, we were on the road for so long and we are just locked in I can I can talk to him without talking to him you know and um, and then Derek McCoy uh, was in the studio often with right. with some other guys and we got to know each other that way and he's an amazing player he's an amazing player and um, and he, he and I are our are, um, personalities are a lot alike and he, he's we were both real cautious when we got getting to know each other and it took right. it took us a while to, to warm up to each other but uh, once we did he's he's a He's an interesting character and a great player, and I'm, I'm really enjoying the music that we're making. And he's he's uh, he's excited about it, and it makes me excited about it. And um, and it just I'm I'm really feel fortunate to have these guys um, involved, not only involved but actively and you know excited about it. And then of course played a few shows, and then we hooked up at, through a whole different set of circumstances with uh, Jay Connor, the sax player, and he plays with Harvest yeah. and Brian and Tommy and all those guys. So he's been a great fit and um, personality-wise and musicianship-wise and uh, just couldn't ask for a better group of guys. You got a recording project coming? We do. We actually, I've been working on it for a little over a year now. I just sent it off into the ethos last week and it's, it's coming out June 25th. That's good. Next That's really Tuesday, good. yeah. All right, well, let's just slide on over. We're sitting in your recording studio, mm -hmm. so tell me how that came about. Oh, that's been a labor of love for for quite a while. Um, I, we, I started this. My wife and I moved in here, this house, 14 years ago, and this building was here. And I thought, that'd be a cool place for a studio. Right. And over the next decade, we slowly did some things to it, and um, and... You started acquiring equipment and blah blah and then uh, after the 10 years and, and a few recording projects later I realized I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> so uh, I've sort of I've been focusing on that lately and um, I've got a good friend um, his name is Willie Shane Johnston he's he's um, in uh, Red Dirt Revelators WSMB he's a killer musician and he's he's just a all-around good guy and he's he's a uh, he's he's been a mentor of mine for long time in many many ways but he has a, a engine of a recording engineer and 
degree from right. Middle Tennessee State, and he's been in here a lot. And he he helped me tune this room, and and he showed me all the little things that you know he'll he'll come in and give me a list of five or six, seven things that I'm doing wrong oh, in good. that very moment, yeah. and we'll fix those, and then we'll move on to something else, you know. And and so the, that kind of process of I've just barely got a handle on it now. And I've used, like I said, that my projects to cut my teeth on it. And I've, I'm really, I was able to take the time with this this new recording and it's got, I feel like it's got a lot of emotion in it and it's it's, it's more relaxed and it's in a different atmosphere, you know, not like a regular, like a big studio atmosphere. So I'm, it's, I'm actually really proud of the way it turned out and I'm, I'm looking forward to, Although I'm, I'm going to take a little time off from the studio because I've been in here so much. I'm looking forward to whatever comes next because I've, I've got a lot of a lot of new tricks. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> so you've developed this pretty much by word of mouth. I mean, you haven't gone out and tried to. No, no, and, and I don't think I ever will. I, truthfully, I, I, the studio to me is I've been in a lot, you know, and I've been in some small ones. I've been in some big ones, and, and there's always you just always on the clock, you know, and, yeah, rock, yeah. and there's always that financial. Thing and and, you, and I just don't feel like it's hard to be creative in, in a situation like that. So the oh, people, it's very hard. So I like the local. I've got had a, a lot of local guys come in here that, and that's exactly what I tell them. I was like, look, we're not staring at the clock. We're not. Although it's always a good idea to have your stuff together sure when you come is. in, but it it shouldn't. There's no there's no substitute for just being able to relax and be creative and take right. some chances and and I, that's what I'm trying to do here is just make it comfortable and, and so far I think everybody you've been here yeah, you, you recorded here how was you comfortable I was very comfortable <laughs> but that's not, I'm not a good endorsement because I'm comfortable everywhere yes so I would say that you I'm are not, I'm not I'm not a good judge <laughs> I, I'm pretty comfortable wherever however right. however as a band we were very comfortable good, good. and we right. got some guys in the band that's not comfortable guys yeah here, I understand so, so well. See, I'm not a comfortable guy, so I, I, I'm like I appreciate that. I'm a comfortable guy. Right. I, um, do you get nervous? Do you still ever get nervous when you play? Um, I get nervous. I, I, I know. I mean, I, there's I have there's some anxious times that the hurry up and wait stuff. You know, when you show up for sound check for yeah, four o'clock and you play at eight yeah. or something. But there's that's not really a nervousness, and I, I get more nervous. I would rather play in front of. 10,000 people than 10. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's like one of the hardest things I've ever found is to do one of your original songs mm -hmm. for somebody you love and care about. Yeah, yeah. I don't like a it. A stranger? Yeah. Not a problem. But that's that's always been hard for me. Yeah. I don't I don't know about other people, but... I, I get nervous when, like, um, if I'm playing in Charlotte or somewhere and a group of my college buddies will yeah. come out and hang out and they, and they you know, I just, I'd, I'd rather y'all not come see this. And that's I, weird. People don't get like, they don't understand that, but they don't. And yeah. I think it takes both a, a songwriter and a singer front man to understand yeah. that because I mean, the eyes are on you and it's well, your stuff. The way I think about it is if I'm playing somewhere in a, in a place where nobody knows me, I can be whoever exactly. I want to be. But now when they when, when people that I know show up, I have to be <laughs> that you guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, that's really hard. <laughs> yeah. that really hard. Do yeah. you get nervous in the studio when you're, when you're okay, not as a musician, but, but say when you're recording people? I did. Um, like when you guys were in here yeah. and y'all were one of the first things I did, I, I was I was not as proficient and, and I and I would get not nervous, but I would get wrapped up in the right. in the actual process of it all. Right. And now um, it's changed to where I don't have to think about That's that as good. much, so I can so I can experiment with 
mic placement or just I can talk to the, I can be a little bit more of a producer so that's really just that's not really nervousness that's just you Com always feel being better yeah being comfortable <laughs> exactly yeah, which right. you said you sometimes have a hard <laughs> time doing yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all right then I'm going to move on to something else that okay. is fairly unique about you mm -hmm. uh, you have an Airbnb yeah yeah well would you like to tell me about it of course I do know something about that too that it's um well, you tell me what what uh, what just happened with your Airbnb. Oh yeah, so we were contacted uh, a couple weeks ago and about from Airbnb, and they um, they told us that we were the number one wish listed uh, property in Cleveland County, and Cleveland County was in the top twenty North Carolina counties. So in other words, we were in the top twenty wish listed right. in the in the state, and uh, they did an article about it and and just released it yesterday. That's great. Yeah, and it was uh, and, some friends and, of mine said they saw it on the news, like on their local news station. I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. that's where I was going with this. Yeah. Well, okay, now it is unique. Tell me about it. Yeah. So, and and I know that you did some. Uh, you're doing this podcast with the McMurray Boys and yeah. the Syndicate guys. Well, yeah. we we did a festival, and my, my my wife and I wanted to put on a music festival after we went to a few in our you know mid twenties, and so we put on a festival in Golden Valley on some family land. It was called Dayglow. And we had Syndicate and yeah. Larry Kill and yeah. um, a bunch of bands on that level back then. That We just thought that was the yeah, biggest was. thing going. It you know? kind of was at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. And I, like the Syndicate guys are idols of mine too and I tell them that every time I say, we just played the show together like a couple, yeah, two I weeks ago. Gibson. And I always yeah. like to tell them how they're my heroes. But uh, So that's that's always a good thing. But um, So we bought, we were looking for a, a, some kind of green room for that festival and we needed somewhere for people to get in the air conditioning and blah blah and we found that's an old 83 ford bluebird school bus that um in the classifieds and like the auto trader or something right. so we went and bought it and drove it around to some festivals and things for a few years and uh, and made some great memories in there and um and it then it came time to uh Get it, we had to get it inspected a few times through the through right. the years. We had it, and it, the, this last time we had to, we were needing tires, and we realized that was going to cost more than we paid for it in the first place. Right. So we parked it, and um, in in our on our property here, and we sort of made it into like a guest house when because we did have a lot of musicians, right. you know, and friends right. spending the night. So we turned it into like a guest house, and then we were traveling somewhere, and we were turned on to Airbnb. And we started using Airbnb, and we thought, you know what, that'd make a great Airbnb out there at the at the bus, you know. And uh, so we did. We made some modifications. We built the bathroom here. And um, did you have to, did you have to redo the bus from being the green room or the band? No, it's it's almost like exactly it like it was. Yep, yep. And, did, uh, did you do all that originally? So when we bought it, the seats were out. Oh, oh that's, that, oh, that's yeah, right. That's yeah. the worst part. Of yeah, because all the yeah. So yeah. we the seats were out, but we we did the rest. We put you know oh, flooring in right. and built a wall, a partition in the back to make like a bedroom, and um, with, there were there were two rooftop air conditioners in it, which was great. And, uh, yeah, that is great. So it didn't take a lot, but we did have to we did have to make a a, a full bath, you know, for the, right. like this accessible for them, and um, which is just right you know a few steps away from it. Um, but uh, we thought we would rent it a couple times, you know, like maybe five or six times a year, and right. it turned into something. Now it rents like twenty days a month. It's insane. Oh, I know. And we, and the, and the funny thing was, at the time, my wife and I were talking about 
downtown Shelby has, you know, with the revitalization, has, has really become popular. Oh, it, it and really it's, is. And it's really a cool place to it be is. now. And we talked about a couple of different business opportunities down there, and um, and just decided that we we weren't, you know, didn't want to be married to something like that. So it, that little school bus kind of turned into our business that we do together. Yeah, you know, that's, a, that's and, great. I yeah. mean, that that you know, that's one of those deals. Um, where you just kind of fall into it. Yeah. That, I mean, it's a great idea, though. I mean... I'm well, gonna... and it, it's, it took us a while. I mean, it, it really... And it's funny, because it happens organically, and it's it happens so, like, it, little things along the way that we didn't plan on right. that, that made it what it is. And the crazy thing is, is that's how I've approached this new music, right. is the same thing. I didn't want to push it or try to make it, and it's happened organically, and I think that's the best well, thing. That is the best thing that happens yeah. usually in your whole life. Yeah. So... This is Scott Moss and the $100 Handshakes to take us out of here with a new song off of their new album, Chances. It's not the folds in your